0: Hello, and welcome to the Exposure Ninja podcast. My name is Tim. I'm head ninja at Exposure Ninja, a digital marketing agency. And this show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Tyler Jack Harris. Now Tyler owns not one but two life insurance companies, but he's on the show to talk about his approach to personal branding. Now I always had a question about personal branding and building a personal brand, because on the one hand, you can use it to push your business visibility and build a relationship with people, um, which can have real measurable results for your business. But then on the other hand, you get a kind of uh, a breed of people pushing their personal brands who really only seem to be doing it for ego or for vanity. And I never really understood that. Of course, you can do it, you can, you know, people can do what they want. And if you want to pursue fame for the sake of fame, that's absolutely cool. But trying to justify that with the benefits of business, I think I always had a bit of a problem with you're clearly just doing this to get famous. Tyler has a completely different approach. He's flipped that 180. And he's actually looking at this as a way to create a legacy and to do what he calls scale impact. And I think this makes a huge amount of sense. It's not just purely about getting business results, i.e., selling more life insurance policies. Actually, it's more about having an impact on the world. So he's looking at the social media landscape that we have today and saying, okay, there's a huge amount of opportunity here to build an audience. This opportunity isn't going to last forever. It's going to get more and more crowded. So I need to gain ground now in order to say in five years, have that visibility that I can then choose to monetize if I want. But actually he might not. Um, So it's really interesting to hear him justify this. If you're thinking of pushing your own personal brand or someone in your business is thinking of doing it, There's so much to take away from this episode from the particular strategies and the content planning that he uses. Um, But also, I think probably most importantly, overcoming those initial objections, the pushing your own personal brand by, you know, the kind of inner voice, which says, Yeah, but what are friends and family going to think of this? What if people don't find me interesting? What if uh, people don't like me or I receive hate? So we talk at good length about that and how he overcame that in his own journey. There's loads that you can learn from Tyler. He's built a very large audience quite fairly quickly. Um, and he's overcome all of these objections himself. So I hope you find the uh, the interview useful. I really enjoyed talking to Tyler. He's a very engaging guy. And I think he has a lot to offer. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Don't forget, if you want some help with your digital marketing, you can head to ExposureNinja.com and request the free website and marketing review. This is a 15-minute video that we'll create for you, which breaks down exactly what you need to do to improve the leads and sales that you generate from your website over the next six to 12 months, completely free of charge. There's no obligation at all, and it's extremely good. So head over to ExposureNinja.com to request your review today. But without further ado, enjoy the show with Tyler Jack Harris. (music) Tyler, welcome to the show.
1: Man, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So in this podcast, we're going to talk a bit about how you've built your personal brand, um, the impact that it's had on your life, and maybe talk a bit about your decision process to do that, because you're not the sort of person that's just kind of sitting around with nothing else to do.
1: Sound good? (laughs) Absolutely. Let's get into it.
0: So firstly, to give a bit of context, what's your day-to-day and uh, what pays the bills for you? So
1: I'm in the insurance business, um, and that's probably the best way to kind of segue into this conversation because the number one thing people say that are struggling to start building a brand is I don't really do anything interesting. And my <laughs> response is always, well, I sell life insurance and there's nothing less interesting at all. And uh, so that's, that is that um, is you know a, an interesting point to make upfront is that you don't have to do something interesting by career. Uh, But I love that quote that says, great stories happen to those who tell them. And uh, if you do interesting things outside of your career, it's certainly worth talking about. Um, But I'm in the insurance industry. Uh, We own two uh, agencies here in the US, uh, about 200 agents across the country. Uh, But my story really um, gets interesting back about four and a half years ago. I just found myself in a bad place. uh, I'd gone through a, a, a failed marriage, a failed business, I uh, was depressed and really at kind of rock bottom. Uh, some mentors came into my life at that time and uh, you know, really began this process of self-development and what I call waging war on personal change because it wasn't just reading a couple books, listening to a few podcasts. I went all in on, on changing who I was from the inside out. Uh, those mentors gave me an opportunity in the insurance business because that's what the business they were in. Uh, kind of jokingly say if they were in the rubber band business, that I'd be you know on this podcast talking to you as the greatest rubber band salesman <laughs> of all time. But they were in the insurance industry, so that's what it was. And uh, put my head down and went to work. And you know what happened uh, very shortly after, a year later, made over three hundred grand in commissions selling life insurance. Twelve months after that, made over four fifty. Twelve months after that, made over six fifty. Then became one of the owners of the company. And what I found is after those first two years going from being flat broke, I had to borrow the money to get into the business. Um, going from from being in that place to making over 300 making over 450 uh, I realized that the biggest mistake that I had made uh, was not documenting that process. Uh, looking back now, I'm self-aware enough to know that I probably – it probably would not have worked out to the degree that it did had I been documenting because it would have been a distraction – Um, but still, I, I would have loved to have the footage from back then, but I had my head down, blinders on and just putting in an insane amount of work. Um, but I knew the second biggest mistake I could make at that point was not starting then moving forward and documenting everything. And so, you know, when I began documenting my life on social media, it wasn't a, you know, dabbling, it wasn't just, well, give this a try, see what happens. I went completely all in. Uh, That first year, and this was just back in 2017, January 2017 was when I did the very first post. And, you know, that year did over 400 Facebook Lives, did uh, close to 2,000 pieces of individual content that we distributed just on Facebook alone, but then everything going to Instagram and and other platforms, created two podcasts, uh, and since then, a daily vlog, a weekly vlog, um, still running the two different podcasts, starting a third now a uh, videographer that travels with me 24/7 but the goal was was this i saw a gap in the market so if the average person went on social media and let's just say the average person that makes between 50 and 250,000 a year uh, in us and and that's you know arbitrary but the average person they want to get online specifically on social media and learn something if they want to get motivated if they want to get inspired uh, they really only had two People to go to first was the, you know, multi, multi, multi millionaire, uh, whose lifestyle and infrastructure is just not relatable. Uh, it's fantastic what they've done. It's incredible what they've done, but it's just not relatable to the average person. You can learn from them, but again, it's just not as powerful. And then you had the second person, which was the person that was faking that they're that. And that's it. There was really nobody in between, nobody in the middle that was out there, showing what it really takes to be successful, showing the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, it was just a bunch of, you know, this fake highlight reel type stuff that we all know and see as noise on on social media. And so I wanted to go out there and document the fact that, you know, I had, some, I had done something unique. I did have some credibility. Going from being flat broke to over 450 in those two years, I had done something, but I wasn't there. And my goal in my mind was, I'm gonna take people on this journey and as i continue to level up to where one day i will be that multi multi millionaire that should not be relatable i will be relatable because ultimately the goal is to bring people and have them level up with me but at the very least i will have this huge group of people that watch the entire process play out and uh so that's what i've done and it's become the most powerful impacting thing uh for me um and then luckily for for other people as well and 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 that's really the goal every day is just to impact lives and, uh, and make an impact on the world. And, and that's the legacy that I want to leave behind.
0: So it's really interesting that you mentioned legacy because someone who's listening, who thinks, okay, right. So you're now co-owner of these two life insurance businesses, which obviously makes you ridiculously busy. And then you spoke about all of the Facebook activity that you put out just in your first year. Like how, when you already have enough on your plate, how did you make the decision? And what were your criteria for saying, right, this is something that I absolutely need to do? And what was your game plan? Like, what's the long term goal of this? Because it doesn't, obviously, it doesn't necessarily benefit the life insurance businesses directly.
1: So I think, you know, it's important to understand that we always make time for the things that we find are important.
0: Mm.
1: And, and it's all about priorities. And, so the person that says I don't have time, it's just not a priority for them, which I understand, especially if they haven't gotten started yet. They haven't gotten that feeling yet, um, that momentum yet. I I completely um empathetic to that. But I just set it as a huge priority in my life because I knew just the way the world was heading, mm-hmm. that it would be insanely important five years from now, 10 years from now and I knew that we had this land grab over the next, I'd say 36 months now, the time I was thinking five years, two years ago, um, where you could put an insane amount of, of content out there, build a following that knows, likes, and trusts you, and then five years, 10 years down the road, no one would ever, ever be able to catch up. Uh, that the people that aren't doing it still to this day, you've got time, but if you don't start, you will miss out on an insane amount of opportunity down the road and you'll never be able to catch up. And that's, to me, that's sad. Um, And I think a lot of people look at it like this. A lot of people say, okay, I've got my career and then the personal branding.
0: Mm.
1: Well, any time that I take away from the career equals money that I'm losing in the career. So any of that time and money has to be replaced by the time that I'm spending with the personal brand. So that's why they instantly start monetizing. That's why they instantly start selling because they're thinking, well, if I'm gonna put effort and put time in over here, I have to make up for what I'm losing over here. And my mentality from the beginning was, I'm just gonna go absolutely all in on my career to be able to afford to do the other. Right. And and so there was never that, that direct transactional relationship between the two. Uh, I was just willing to spend the extra two, three, four hours a day on it. Um, and you know, selfishly, it's because I like it, like I enjoy it. I have fun doing it. It's not work to me. Um, being on a podcast like this, it's not work to me. I love talking about this stuff because I live it. Um, and so that that made it very easy. But long term, like what it's gonna turn into, I don't know, I, I, really, I really don't know. Every time someone asks me that, <laughs> I, I think like, let me come up with a great answer, but then let me just be honest and say, I don't know. Like I, I really, I really don't know. And, and part of that to me, I'm, I'm very big on the law of attraction
0: um,
1: m- manifesting. And it, to me, like even to think five years down the road, what this will turn into, I know without a shadow of a doubt that what I can envision in my head right now of what it could turn into from five, five years from now is so small compared to the reality of what it could be that I don't want to, I literally don't want to attract the smaller thing. <laughs> mm, mm. Like, I don't want to get this idea in my head of this is what I'm, this is what I'm headed towards in five years and have that be way smaller than what it could have been and then manifest something that is, you know, a fraction of what could have been. And uh, and I just like, I, I'm. I am such a firm believer in the law of attraction that I, that I believe that you can attract the wrong things as well. Um, and I just don't want that to happen. But you know, I, th- I think for me, it's we talk about scaling impact. Like it's everything we do. The ROI is just scaling impact. Like the messages that we get, the comments, the the stories from people that have actually you know found the content, implemented strategies that we've talked about, implemented different mindsets that we've talked so much about, and then two, three, four, five, six months later, have come back and messaged me and said, "Hey, I, I saw this post." started following your content. Since then, this has happened. This has happened. This has happened. It's changed my life. Now I'm doing this and now I'm happy. And, and, and all those things like that's, that's what we look at as, as our ROI. And, uh, and it's just a, it's just a fun, fun place to be.
0: That's sick. I can understand how that's that kind of loop is is really addictive, especially when you're getting that that feedback from people about the impact that's making. I want to ask you about that moment in January 2017, or if there's any kind of run up to that when you decided to go all in. So listening, I suspect that we have a lot of potential personal brands out there and their potential because they have limiting beliefs, perhaps about nobody's going to be interested in me, people are going to hate me, my life is boring, kind of You know what, whatever whatever they might be. So, what are some of the things that you had to work on in your head when you decided to go all in and and put yourself out there?
1: I call it the the who am I complex. (laughs) So it's this idea of like who am I to be on sitting here on this podcast talking to you about building a personal brand when I'm still trying to figure it out myself. That that's like a thought that would go through my head this morning. Uh, But but in the very beginning, it was who am I to Jump on Facebook live and talk and think that there's anyone else out there that would actually n- n- not just want to listen but actually get something from it uh who am I to you know do a photo shoot so that I can have more professional photos to make better looking images for content who am i to who am I to hire a grown man to travel with me twenty four seven in video like record me at all times like that's crazy, but what I realize is you know who am i well i'm I'm and this is like my definition of myself. I'm an ordinary guy doing extraordinary things by being willing to do the extra. And that extra is just work. It's just more work. And and so for me if if there's anyone out there and and, and probably everyone going into this space will have some degree of that who am I? Who am I to be doing this? Who am I to be putting myself out there? And then it gets reinforced by your friends and your family that don't understand. Like when the very first post I did, it was January eleventh, two thousand seventeen. Ninety seconds later, my wife called me crying and said, "What in the world are you doing?" Thanks for the because support, honey. It talk- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, but it talked about uh, that first post. Talked about you know this what had happened in my life over the last two years, and, and it mentioned income and things like that. And she was just mortified. She's very humble. Uh, person and didn't want our friends to see it and just you know, think you know, what they would think and, and so I told her I was like look you, you may want to unfollow me block me unfriend me but think I have an idea of what I'm doing just give me six months uh, and I'll show you and and over those six months, I would start screenshotting messages that I would get from people and screenshotting comments that I'd get from her. I'd text them to her over the weekend. I'd show them to her. And she slowly began to, to understand. But nobody understood. Like, my business partners didn't understand. None of my friends understood. My parents, my siblings, like, no one no one understood what I was doing. Um, but I just knew that it would be important. Uh, and I knew that it would it would be a big part of my life down the road. And I knew it was part of my legacy. And I just, I just couldn't get enough of it. And so I think that, that who am I, um, you know, for me, like I'm a, I'm a very, um, um, I wouldn't say religious, but I have a lot of faith, uh, and, and my relationship with God is a huge part of my life. And so when I look back to the, who am I, I think like, who am I? Like I'm a person that was made on purpose with a purpose. And that purpose is to make an impact on the finite time that I have here on this earth. And I know that social media gives me a platform to be able to do that. Um, and so I think everyone has a story to tell. And everyone has a story to tell that can only, that can, that may be the only way that story will reach someone. And what I mean by that is like Tony Robbins could get up and say a 10 minute dialogue. Gary Vee could say that same 10 minute dialogue. Eric Thomas, Brian Tracy, like whoever, who cares? Any of these influencers and and motivational speakers could say this exact same thing. But when I say it, having nothing to do with me as being special or having any skills, but based around my context, my frame of reference, the things that I've been through, that's the only way it's going to reach a certain person. On a certain day, at a certain time, and they're going to see it and it's going to change their life. Uh, And I just take that extremely, I, I take it extremely serious. And, uh, and it feels like an intense responsibility to make sure that if I had the ability to put this stuff out there, um, then what kind of person would I be not to?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And people will often talk about uh, a bigger purpose, whether it's religious, or whether they just feel like they have a, a calling to help people. And I guess it helps to have that kind of backup, if you like, you also you almost feel a compulsion to do it to you know you could when you got that phone call from your wife you could have taken the opposite decision and said well yeah do you know what this probably is a little bit personal you're right i want to make you happy let's just wind it down but you said actually i'm going here you've got to come with me instead
1: yeah and 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 when my friends were like making fun of me like there was a time where i, I found out some friends of mine were making like videos pretending to be me like i would do on these instagram facebook lives and we were like texting it around to each other and like that stuff hurt yeah. at the time. Um, but, you know, there's something very interesting and maybe I'm just have a sick, twisted brain, but there's something very interesting to me about doing something that other people don't understand and think is crazy and think, you know, that that they don't get it. That makes me feel like I'm 100 percent doing the right thing. <laughs> like the more people that thought it was crazy, the more I was like, man, I'm probably onto to something. And the more difficult it is, like nowadays, when you know people approach me with business opportunities all the time, and like the first question I always ask them is, man, is this going to be really, really difficult to succeed? And usually they they think that the answer I want to hear is, is no. So they're like, nah, it's not going to be that bad. I'm like, oh, I'm probably not interested. But the random person that's like, yeah, this is going to be really, really tough. I'm like, okay, well, then I'm actually interested in hearing about it because it's probably going to be something that's worth doing. Um, cause we don't want to do anything that's, that's, that's easy. Like nothing good comes from easy. Uh, and that it's all, all great things were extremely difficult and took time and took patience. And, and that's what we're all about. It's, uh, this quote that I love is my favorite, uh, quote of all time. My business partner said it the first time, I don't know who actually, I don't know where the original quote came from, but it's, uh, if you seek discomfort, the world will deliver you pleasure. If you seek comfort. The world will deliver you pain. And so we've been spending this insane process of always trying to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions, always trying to seek discomfort and embrace discomfort, really, um, every single day, and knowing that good things will happen um, when you do so.
0: I love that. I love that. I want to ask you about strategy and content planning. When you're when you decide to do 400 Facebook lives in a year, I'm guessing you didn't just embark on day 1 and said, "Right, I'm just going to do a Facebook live and see what comes out." Do you like like how much of this is conscious? Do you have your messages, your core messages which you seek to reinforce in every post? Do you plan things or is it all just like see what comes out every time?
1: There's a lot more strategy today, obviously than there was back then. Um, but this an interesting answer and, and an interesting um angle that I think will provide a lot of value for for the listeners is that the reason why, number one, two things. First, the reason why I wanted to do so much content live is because you can only fake it for so much, or you can only fake it for so long when you're live. Like people actually get to know who you really are. They get on three, four, five Facebook lives, you're like, oh, that's, that's what this guy's all about. Uh, he's, all these messages are congruent, seems like the same person every time uh, versus being, a, being able to fake an Instagram post all day long for, for years. So I like that authenticity, that transparency, that vulnerability of doing stuff live. Uh, but the second that I think is, is most important is I used it as an accountability tool. right? And so that's a great lesson for those that are out there thinking that they don't have time to start. Um, I love the quote, you know, the main focus is to remain focused. And I could not let the social media stuff that I was doing take away from what was bringing the revenue in. And so I used it as an accountability tool. And so I was in sales um, and I had a territory that I sold in uh, that was about two and a half to four hours away, just depending on where I was going. And so I was traveling four nights a week, every single week, over 200 nights in a hotel a year for three straight years. And so I would leave like late Sunday night or early Monday morning. That's when I would hop on uh, Facebook Live first and I would put out my goal for the week. My goal is to sell X number of life insurance policies. Let's just throw out a number, 50. Sell 50 life insurance policies this week. Here's what my schedule looks like. Great. Then I would jump on there uh, Monday, maybe one or two times throughout the day, or maybe just at the end of the day, but always at least at the end of the day. And I would recap my day. I'd say, hey guys, my goal this week uh, is to sell 50 life insurance policies, uh, end of day one, and uh, today I sold seven. So I'm a little bit behind um, where I need to be. Tuesday will come up, i do the same thing. Wednesday will come up, same thing. Thursday will come up. And again, back to the law of attraction, I'm sitting here saying 50 policies over and over and over. Goal is 50 policies. Gonna hit 50 policies. Gonna write 50 policies. Gonna sell 50 policies. I would have strangers sending me Facebook messages saying like, hey man, I know you're rolling into your last day. I think you've got like 12 more policies to hit your goal, we're rooting for you. <laughs> like complete strangers. And then on the last day, I would always count them up live Cause I wanted it to happen in real time. i would count it up live. I'd be like 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52. And it would always be like right near it, yeah, yeah. but like on it, on it, or right near it, which I would always say like, well, crap, I should have said 75. <laughs> um, but, but it allowed me to use it as an accountability tool to make sure that I was keeping up my production uh, so that that didn't slide by building the personal brand. But also, it, it just, through the law of attraction, it pushed me. Uh, and I always hit those goals. But there were times where I didn't. And uh, the interesting thing is those, uh, the, the very, so January of 2018 is when I hired the videographer and we started the daily vlog. This was five days a week on a 24-hour turnaround. So everything we're filming today would come out tomorrow. Everything tomorrow would come out the next day. It was insane. And, and uh, when we did that, the very first week that I had the videographer with me, Doing my same thing, putting my goal out on Sunday night. And I missed my goal by like three policies. The very first week that I'm like really documenting it mm. uh, at scale at this point. But when I got on there at the end of the week and said, hey, my goal was 100 policies, but I only got 97. I'm pissed off. I'm frustrated. I'm not happy that I didn't miss it. But, hey, it is what it is. I'll you know come back next week and, and make it happen. By s- telling the truth, because I could have easily said like, hey, my goal was 100 and I did 112. Like I'm king mm. of the world. But by being honest and expressing like, hey, I didn't hit it, I'm not happy, but hey, it is what it is. These things happen and we'll, we'll get it back next week. Um, it built more trust and had more messages that came in and comments because I was actually honest. Mm. Um, so it's just, it's been an interesting process. But I think for me, that was what helped was was using it as an accountability tool. Um, in order to to stay focused on what was bringing revenue in, you know, now moving forward to to present day, you know, we are a lot more strategic on what we're doing because we have a lot going on. I've got the Sales Wolves podcast that comes out every Wednesday. I've got the Breadwinner podcast that usually comes out on Fridays. We've got a weekly vlog that comes out on Thursdays. We've got three to four posts per day that come out. One of which is a daily vlog called Road to Legacy. Um, there's a lot of different pieces of content coming out. And so we try to, um, number one, keep a schedule so that we know, you know, when everything's supposed to be completed by and and all that. And I've got a team now. I've got three people that are working with me on my brand now um, here in-house. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes uh, to make sure that we're always leveling up the quality of the content. Uh, Quantity, we got down. Like, no one's doing more quantity. I've done over 5,000 pieces of content now, uh, but really trying to level up the execution of the content to make sure that we're reaching people, reaching different people, more people, and that we're reaching people in a more powerful way so that they can instantly get it and get to know me, um, and take a look at everything else that we're doing. And that's, you know, that's the fun part to me is trying to push the boundaries of different types of posts and little things that'll pop up. Like, you know, recently here in the last 10 days, we started doing these, um, Gifts through uh, Giphy and got them approved on Instagram stickers for uh, Instagram stories. We're like, oh, that could be something cool to do. Well, now we've made like 18 of them, and I was just looking at the the stats a second ago before we jumped on here. And in 10 days, they've had 23 million views. Wow! On these stupid gifts of me doing like swipe up or me like, you know, holding like new posts or new podcasts, like all these different things, people are using them. There's one of them that's just my face with these like hearts that like grow in size over my eyes, which I can't for the life of me figure out. But that one itself has 16 million views. And so like different, we're always looking for different strategies, um, to get more awareness. But Again, having the end goal be to reach more people and to impact more lives, and and uh, I think it's a very unique take on that, and it's um, something that I'm extremely proud of. Um, rather than you know how many books did we sell or how many people signed up for my mastermind or how many this or that, we're literally just talking about like how many messages did we get this week that were impactful.
0: Right. That segues perfectly into one thing I wanted to ask you about was um, understanding kind of. Delusion versus persistence. Because whenever hmm. you start, you're not going to be getting much feedback from people. Like, how do you decide I'm on the right track? I need to keep going with this versus what I'm doing isn't working. I need to adapt.
1: That's a great question. Um, and you're right. Like, the, those first Facebook lives, you know, for months, it was like my mom, <laughs> some like ran- some random guy from high school, like some, you know, girl that I met. Five years ago, like just like random people, uh, and then it would slowly start to pick up. And 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 honestly, as I look back on that time period, I don't know what I, I don't know what it was that that kept me in it. Um, right. The, Did you want to quit? The thing. There were times where I was like, "Man, why am I doing all this?" Because I mean, especially when we started the daily vlog, you know, I I had no idea how much. I would be involved, but it was because I found out how much I enjoyed the creative process. So like I'm in my hotel room at two o'clock in the morning talking about like, hey, make sure when that, you know, when the music comes in that it doesn't come in until this moment. Let's move the text up and to the right a little bit. And like, I just get, you know, I'm a creative person. And then now all of a sudden had this outlet to be able to, um, to use that. And so had no idea how much extra time that that would take. But, you know, I think, for me, the, those two years prior, I consumed every single piece of content that Gary Vaynerchuk put out. And, you know, none of this stuff that I'm doing is really new. It's all the blueprint that he's pretty much laid out. I just don't know that I've seen anybody else execute it at scale um, and, and executed it with the integrity of, of really not monetizing in any way. Like, the 8,000 life insurance policies I sold in three and a half years, not one of them was sold through social media, not a single one. Um, and so I had consumed all of his content, and it had just been ingrained in my brain that this was what something that was not just a, an opportunity, but that was like a necessity to be able to grow and and have longevity in a successful career long-term Um I think that probably was it. I mean, I have watched every Ask Gary V, every Daily V, all the books, and met Gary a few different times. And just it was, I think, through that understanding um, of what this would turn into one day and keeping focused down the road uh, and just staying consistent, um, I, I think that's probably what pushed me through. Uh, but certainly, I'm sure there were times where, yeah, you know, I wanted to give up. I wanted to quit. I uh, got discouraged. You know, when you, you know, one of the the funny things was, it's like, you know, you can make a post, and you think, man, this is incredible. Like people are gonna love this, right? Like this is the aesthetics. Like it's it looks great. Man, the message is super deep. You put it out there, and just no love. Like it just bombs. And then you just throw something like real quick, just throw something together and throw it on there. And it just like kills it. Mm. And you're just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like I spent three hours making this other post and it did nothing. And I just threw this one together, like copied it off of a Google image and just put my logo on it. And all of a sudden it just went crazy. Um, So there's always this kind of moments where uh, that's the fun of it though. Like to me, it's just like gauging the response what you think's going to happen, what happens like that. All that stuff to me is just extremely intriguing when you're looking at, um, the attention of the people that are, that are following it's, uh, you know, the second that you think you know what's going on, everything changes and, and you just kind of got to go with the flow. And, uh, but staying consistent to me during that period of time, uh, was key. I mean, when you look at the number of posts, we did the math the other day, it was like 3.4 or 3.6 posts per day for over two years every day.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. And, and, That's not cheap. You mentioned earlier that it's a fairly significant investment to keep content production and publishing going on this scale. So how do you personally decide where to draw the line on this?
1: (laughs) If it was up to me, I'd be pouring way more into it just because I know, I know we're in such a, it's a unique period of time right now, where, you know, the, the cost is low. Uh, the return is great and it won't always be that way. And so it literally makes me uncomfortable. Like it's the thing that keeps me up at night. Uh, I just hired a, um, uh, a media agency to, to help me with some of my strategy, back end strategy and ad strategy and stuff, because I was doing all, I'm doing all this stuff my on my own, just based off a of trial and error over two years. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes having a little bit of success is worse than having no success, because when you do, when you when you when you run ads and you do get some results, you don't realize that if that ad would have been run ran at the optimal way, that it could have gotten ten x results. And so you can get really comfortable with what is good results for you, and just continue on your way, and realize you're wasting so much money, um, and and so much potential opportunity cost. Uh, of, of what you could have been doing had it been done the professional way and, you know, with someone that really, really understands and does this for a living. So, you know, we've recently uh, taken on that, um, that element. And I find myself every night laying in bed wondering, am I doing enough? Like, am I, am I putting enough behind this as far as ad spend? And and again, like, if you think, like, we're talking about ad spend with zero revenue, like it's it's crazy. It's sometimes I think it's like it it is crazy, but it's it's ad spend purely for awareness and building the value of the brand as a whole, but not having a single transaction. There's no conversion. It's it's actually when you're when you're working with media agencies, it's very difficult <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> to get them to understand it. They're like, yeah, all right. So what's the goal of this ad? Like what you know? What's the conversion? I'm like, there is none. Like I just want more people to see it, and I want I want more people to know about it, uh, and I want to scale impact, like scaling impact. I want to impact more lives every single day, and it's just more and more and more and more and more, um. Until one day, you know, we will monetize at some point or not. I don't know. I mean, it. I just know that you know Gary V talks about whoever holds their breath the longest wins, and I do know that if you know after five years I decide to monetize, or if after ten years I decide to monetize, that the return. Will be exponentially greater than had I been monetizing all that time. Um, but I've gotten to this weird place where I'm like, well, what if we never do? Because I don't know if it's ever occurred. I don't know if there's ever been a person that became an influencer on social media and never asked anything for anything from anyone ever. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because the reality of that is, because the reality of that is, is if I'm a, if I can do that, that obviously means that the other businesses that I'm doing are doing well.
0: Mm. That
1: gives me the opportunity to, but to me, the other side of that is like, I know what I could make this year in additional revenue if I did monetize and that would be nice to have, but I'm also extremely happy. Like I'm extremely happy where I'm at. I'm not content. I'm not complacent, but I'm extremely happy where I'm at and I'm patient and I'm willing to play this long game because I know what it can turn into if it's done the right way. And I've just never seen anybody do it. And I get pushed back every single day. This morning, uh, a guy who I highly respect, big influencer, was messaging me about some of the new stuff that we've been doing. And he's like, all right, well, what's that going to turn into? Like, what is that? Like, what are you going to use that to do? And I'm like, I'm going to use it to do what I want to do that no one's ever done before. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm tired of hearing about it. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. It's, it's, It's an interesting perspective. But again, I love that word legacy. And uh, to me, if I can create a legacy by being one of the only that have gone out there and produced content at scale and never asked anything, and I get the whole argument of they have to have money in the game, they have to have skin in the game to really, you know, I get that, but I'm not coaching, I'm not doing those things that typically require some type of investments for someone to really um, take hold of, of what they're learning and to implement. Um, so, you know, it's, we'll see, like, I could, you know, come back on this podcast six months from now, and we've completely changed our mind on everything. Mm. Uh, that's the nice thing about it is that like, we can do that. (laughs) uh, So I've tried uh, not to pigeonhole myself too bad.
0: Yeah. I I think the people who are kind of criticizing or questioning, it sounds like they're missing the point. The point is that you're, you're creating a legacy, you're fulfilling your potential and you're pursuing your mission, which is like. The most satisfying and gratifying thing that any of us are chasing for, right? The only reason we have businesses is because we're pursuing significance, or you know, something along those lines. And that's what this is giving you. So, to say you need to sell eBooks or something like that is that—that's not what this is about, is it? For you, this is about something much bigger and much deeper.
1: Man, I did this video um, Valentine's Day, which was what week and a half ago or so. And I took my daughter, I've got a two-year-old, and I took her out on a date. And so we we created this video. We filmed, we filmed this uh video to make it look like a wedding video, basically. So it's got like, you know, me in the mirror getting ready, like tightening up my tie and putting my suit on. And then it's got my daughter slash wife also kind of getting ready to where you don't really know what's what's going on there. And then it shows me getting out of my car with flowers in my hand and a stuffed animal, and I'm walking up to the door. And I knock on the door and my wife answers, and then the camera pans down to my daughter. Mm. And it was her that I was taking out on the date. And like her face in that moment, like, I can't watch it without crying. And <laughs> like it's unbelievable. But I take her on this date, and and in the car, I'm like, hey, are we gonna go on on dates like this forever? And he's like, Yeah. And I'm like, even when you're like 26, and she's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? And uh, but here's the cool thing. So we're we're sitting at dinner and I look at her and and it's in the video. I'll send it to you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, I look at her and I say, Hey, you know what's crazy? Is we're gonna be watching this video at your wedding. And and it's gonna be the most beautiful moment ever. And so, do you have anything that you want to tell your your future like 42 year old getting married for the first time self? <laughs> and uh and she just like starts making this noise and it's just like super funny and then she starts making all these animal noises. But like <laughs> that's the reality – but that's the reality. Mm. Like that video will be played at her wedding mm. 100% and there will not be a dry eye in the mm. entire room. And so when you talk about legacy, like that's it. Um, and, and to me, the fact that we can document our lives so easily, like with an iPhone, that's all you need. Like, yeah, the stuff we're putting out now, it's crazy. But the first whole year, I did every single post myself. I created it with my phone, using different apps. I have no graphics background. Like, it was just all just using my iPhone. And so now I look at it, and I look at people that aren't. And so this is the challenge to those that are listening to this, that are saying, like, ah, I just don't know, and I don't, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if that there's anything interesting about me. If you don't want to do it for your business, then do it for your family. Because imagine this, imagine tonight you get home from work and you have dinner and then afterwards you could turn on YouTube on your TV and you could watch a vlog of your dad when your dad was your age. How incredible would that be? How much would you cherish those episodes of podcasts from your mom when your mom was 40? Like you would literally, you would literally watch it every day, like or or your grandfather. Like, you would watch this stuff every day. It would be the greatest stuff. Like, it w- you would absolutely cherish it. So, if now we have the ability to literally just hold up our iPhone and create this footage that will live on for generations that our families will absolutely cherish one day, if we have the ability to do that and we choose not to, I'm really big on choices. Like, that's a choice. I know I could do this, but I'm just not going to. That, to me, is extremely sad. Like, the friends of mine that do nothing on social media, I look at it and I'm like, man, that sucks for your family. That really, really sucks for your family. Because my family, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great they're going to have thousands and thousands of hours of all this footage. And, like, is that weird and ego? I don't think so. Like, because... What happens when you like when your grandmother dies and you find that diary in an old box? People like cherish that stuff. They like read this diary and it's like the greatest thing that they ever found. Well, imagine being able to watch 150 episodes of a podcast, yeah, you know, right. and really get to know them. And so to me, like the legacy side, like I take it extremely seriously and, and, and there's really no excuse anymore. Like technology has eliminated all excuses. For not building a personal brand, whether you want to build it for your business or whether you just want to document it for your family, like a good friend of mine, he has this vlog and it's not even public, but he, it's called Our Dad's Diary. And everywhere he goes, I hang out with him every now and then, he'll put up his phone and he'll talk to the camera and he'll talk to his three sons and he'll just tell them what he was doing that day. Hey, I'm meeting with Tyler today. Tyler, you want to say anything to my boys? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, man. Your dad's the greatest guy. He's so much integrity. Like, you know, he loves you guys. And then at the end, he says like the same line about like, love your mother and treat her right and all this kind of stuff. But if he were to die in a car accident tomorrow, his three sons that are like eight, 10, eight, and six, they would be able to watch those videos and get to know their dad's heart and intent and how much he loved them. And there's like a hundred of those videos, and they would absolutely like live to watch those videos. And so to me, it's just a very intense responsibility. I think that we have in those that don't.
0: <laughs> I, I love like, that. Reframing. I, I don't know
1: what, I don't know what to say. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to say.
0: Yeah. Tyler, this has been fantastic. I've got three final quick fire questions to finish with, dude. I want to yeah. be respectful of your time. So number one, if you could only pick one social channel to use for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Oh man, I think Instagram because I love Instagram yeah. stories. It should be treated like a vlog, uh-huh. and I love it.
0: Awesome. Number two, if you absolutely had to ten x your audience base in the next year, but you had unlimited budget to do it, what's the first thing that comes to mind that you'd do?
1: I I would dump all of it into ad spend, one hundred percent. Actually, I would I would create a um a much better studio right. uh in, in our offices here and then dump the rest of it into ad spend just all in on ad spend
0: that's cool which channels would you focus on most um facebook and
1: instagram um we still do really well like people talk about i don't know why people talk about facebook like it's dying um i think maybe it's because i started on facebook and built the strongest following there and then went to instagram but my my facebook does i like it's great Um, so I don't understand when people are saying that, you know, that, I mean, I get that the engagements, the organic reach and organic engagement, uh, has gone down, but like, I I love it. I absolutely love it. And the, and the ad platform to me is just, it's incredible. So I would, I would go all, all in on Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Instagram story ads. Um, that, that would, that would definitely be it.
0: Final question. And if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice on January, 2017, what
1: would it be? Hmm. Man, if if I could go back to January two thousand seventeen and I could just get a small glimpse of my life today and see how happy I am, yeah, dude, it would it would one hundred percent have 10x everything. Just to know how happy I am today, like in and this, and, and I'd love to close with this. Like, I had a conversation with Gary Vaynerchuk, um, uh, like two months ago about this, and with having a videographer, and and documenting at the scale that we're documenting. It sounds crazy, and people could even like poke holes and say that that it's wrong to say that documenting my life like this has made me a better person this cuz they would say oh well is that you, you mean because you've got a camera on you you act better and because of that you became a better person and i would say yep 100% and I don't think there's a single thing wrong with that because to me it was the ultimate form of self-awareness, being able to have this content created and then being able to watch myself and all these different scenarios and how I interact with people, how I per- thought I was being received and then being able to watch how I was being received in real time and then just being cognizant of the fact that, yes, this this is being filmed, this is being recorded and I should probably you know be the best version of myself and then in the process became the best version of myself. Like, it sounds crazy, but literally, this process of documenting on social media has made me a better person, and it's not even close. It's not even close. Uh, and because of that, it, I'm extremely happy, and I'm extremely proud of that process. And I wish, I wish, I wish everyone could experience it themselves, uh, because it's the ultimate ultimate way to figure out who you really are, um, to understand how others, um, view you and to be able to incrementally change and enhance and improve upon things every single day, uh, just by watching this stuff play out. Uh, it's, it's been the greatest process that I've ever gone through and I'm, I'll be forever grateful that I, even if it disappeared tomorrow, that I was able to go through it because of who it turned me into and who I became in the process.
0: Well, even that impact alone sounds like it's been well worth it. Tyler, thank you so much for spending the time with us today and all the best in what you do. Thank you so much for your intent and your authenticity and devotion to putting stuff out there. I think it's, uh, yeah, you have a very noble spirit, I think. So thank you so much, dude
1: man thank you it's been an absolute pleasure and uh if there's any questions anybody would ever have for me i answer all my direct messages all my facebook messages and i would love uh to help anyone in any way
0: awesome dude we'll link up all your social channels in the show notes thank you so much tyler thank you